Welcome to this episode of the Thinking Big Podcast. Today, we're talking about what happens when you cross quantum and spiritual physics with Cheryl Page. Cheryl went from left-brain scientist to a psychic medium within six months of her boyfriend's death. Prior to this, she was not inclined towards conversation about the spiritual world, but she knew he could not have been extinguished. Nothing in her life prior to July 7th, 2017, prepared her for the mind-expanding discoveries she made on her journey to find out where Scott went. Whether you believe in the spiritual afterworld or not, even if you're a skeptic, you will want to hear what Cheryl has to say. Today, we're going to be thinking big on expanding our mindsets in this part two of what happens when you cross quantum and spiritual physics. Welcome to the Thinking Big Podcast with Sean Osborne, the show helping you think bigger into your life and potential. Sean believes by equipping you with the tools, strategies, and philosophies required to be successful in all aspects of your life, you can achieve anything you believe in. Empowering our own growth makes a deeply positive and lasting impact on our lives, community, and our world. Now, here's Sean. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible's it is so awesome to have them on board as a sponsor because I am a firm believer in leaders are readers, and we have to continually grow. Uh, for your free Audible book, you can go to bit.ly, uh, B-I-T-L-Y, slash Thinking Big Audible, or click on the link in the show notes and get your free Audible book. You know, Even if you don't continue with Audible, the book is yours to keep. It's a win-win for you. Uh, go up there and get your free book. And welcome again, Cheryl. And before we dive in, I'm curious as to how people uh, work with you. Um, well, my website is the place to contact me, and we can probably get to that at some point. But I, essentially, I work via Zoom. I work by phone. I work in person. And um, it's morphing a little bit at the moment because, um, you know, I can do a straight, you come to me and your grandmother passed away and you want to connect with your grandmother. Right. You know, if you go to a medium, if I could give anybody some counsel, you know, I think that we're all so concerned that someone's going to dupe us, myself included. I oh, didn't yeah. want somebody to just lie to me and make me feel better. Right. And so there was a little bit of, you know, you cross your arms and prove it to me. But the, the challenge is that, when you do that, like if you're going to be skeptical of a medium, if you're going to go to a medium, you make the decision and you're going to be skeptical, be skeptical before, be skeptical after. But in that little bubble of time, be curious. Because what you said before, which is so important, is it's about the energy. So if you're sitting there with your arms crossed, it's kind of like if your wife is mad at you and you've been at home and she comes home and she's mad, she doesn't have to say anything. You know she's mad. I know she's mad before she even comes in the house. I can <laughs> exactly. feel it. I can feel I can feel that energy a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So if you think about it, if we if you can be in the what if place and you can say, What if my grandmother, what if consciousness survives the death of the body? What if the body is local, but the soul is not? And so her memories, her love, her personality, her sense of humor still exists. Yep. You go to an evidential medium to get evidence. And this is a really important point. We as humans need the evidence. You don't want some medium who's going to say, okay, Sean, I've got your grandmother here and she's standing right beside you and she loves you. 
Yeah. That's not useful. Right. You know, you want to know that she baked you chocolate chip cookies every Friday for your entire childhood. And she was there when you won the blue ribbon in the state fair, whatever. You want right. things that are so specific that I couldn't know so that you know that it's her. Yeah. So that's your need. But it's important to understand that for myself as the medium, I have to serve spirit first and they have a need as well. Now, it's important to me that if you're sitting with me, that I also give you some of what you need. But I have to, uh, there's this responsibility that I have to give them what they need as well. So you come for the evidence, they come to give a message. Right. Now, they will humor us and give the evidence. But I also have to be mindful. I've seen so many mediums work where they give all this evidence. It's incredible. I'll get your grandmother's social security number. But if I then don't give the grandmother's message, if I give you enough evidence, you'll believe her message. That's the importance of the evidence. Right. right. So I have to balance a foot in both worlds where I take care of her need as well as giving you what you need, which is the evidence and to know that she's okay and that she still loves you. And, you know, so yeah. it's a tricky thing, but so how I work with people is, um, in, in any electronic method or in person, I can work with them and I strive to serve both worlds. Yeah. And you can do, I mean, for me, at least, I, I think you can do that just as well remotely, especially in today's, you know, what's going on with today is, you know, they've done those studies where people can actually see things. It doesn't matter if the, if the other person and, and they can communicate with someone that's in the other room. But that's also yes. across the world. They still get those, you know, where they do the cards and they do, they've done so many different oh, tests yeah. on that. That energy yeah. travels not just across the room, not just across right. the table. It, it's that, that same energy is everywhere. So, yeah. Operative word being energy, like you said, that's the, that's the way that it works. Yeah. And that from the standpoint of the, for lack of a better term, the person who's in spirit they access, you know, the challenge that's also important. If you go to a medium, don't do the arms cross thing, you know, give them, be open because here's the thing. They have to, no matter how much I get out of the way, they come through the filter of me. Right. So I might, and the challenge for me is I get, they, what they do is they come in from behind, let's say, and they step into the attic of my subconscious. And in that subconscious of mine, there's every book I've read, every song I've heard, every conversation I've had. It's all in there. Right. You're, they, you're, that's your enculturated mind of how you how you perceive things. So, yeah, it's, I would think that it has to come through your rose-colored glasses. I mean, it's got to be through. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And yet I have to not – the trick for me as the medium is to not interpret. Give you what I'm seeing because – like, so I'll give you a couple of examples. I did a reading for a, a woman and she wanted to hear from her cousin. And I didn't know anything about this gentleman, but I, he told me that he had uh, passed. He had been passed away and he was found by a river. And he's, he's really funny and he's making, and like his sense of humor was loud and clear. And he's talking about, you know, I was so distraught at the time, but I'm just howling at the moon. I'm so happy. And he told me that, so he holds up this uh, box of Wheaties. I don't know if you remember when Wheaties used to have like oh, a yeah. celebrity on it. Oh, yeah. Going, Look at me. I'm on this box of Wheaties. And then he goes, eh, better make it a milk carton. 
And I didn't know what that meant, but I, I said it. And then he told me something about, and they have this funny name for, everybody had this funny nickname for him. And then he shows me the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. And I'm thinking, now in my mind, that gave me pause. Like, I'm just making that up. But, so I didn't say it. I just thought, no, Cheryl, come on. So anyway, we finished the reading and I said to her, uh, so how did he pass? And she says, we don't know. He was a missing person, the milk carton. Ah. And so that was cool. And I told her about the funny nickname, but I had, I held back the Oscar Mayer Wiener mobile because I was doubting myself. And there were other things that were evidential that she was able to confirm. And then we hung up and then he's there and he's going like hands on his hips. You didn't tell her about the Oscar Mayer Wiener mobile. Call her back. Okay, so I call her back and I say, I'm really sorry. I just doubted myself, but he's wanting me to tell you the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. And so she shrieks and she says, the funny nickname we had for him was Wieners. <laughs> so he's trying to give me the message through right. my library. Right. If he'd shown me a package of hot dogs, I wouldn't have said Wieners. I would have said hot dogs. Yeah. And if he'd shown me a Wiener dog... I would have said dog. I would have thought dog, not wiener. Right. So the only way he could give me where I would say the word wiener was with the Oscar Mayer wiener mobile. Yep. You know, and yeah. then the other thing, this is so important because there will be people who will listen, who want to go to a medium. So don't be curious in that moment. That's the first thing. And realize that because they're coming through the filter of me, I might get it slightly wrong, but you have to then be discerning and it's not trying too hard to make it fit. It's an inexact science. It's like you and me underwater in a swimming pool and you're trying to understand what it is I'm saying. Right. And sometimes they give us something that hasn't happened yet. So this was a great example of, I just trusted. So this woman wants to hear from her 92 year old dad who passed away and he gives me all this stuff and he used to love to sing karaoke. Yes, that's right. And he, uh, he kept showing me Louis Armstrong's face like really close. Like, and so he must've loved Louis Armstrong. Oh, he loved Louis Armstrong. And then we go on to something else. And then he'd show me Louis Armstrong again. And uh, so at the end, I finally said, you know, we get done and I said, what was his name? And she said, Louis, like he was trying to, for me to get what his name was, but I was, you know, it's like, how do I get out of my own way? But one of the things he showed me was, I said, he's showing me like a rocket landing on the moon and like the 1969 moon landing. I said, is that, she said, well, it, I remember it, but I, there's nothing significant between us about that. I said, well, just right. write it down. So about a month, five weeks later, she sends me a text. And she said the girlfriend of the 92-year-old dad had gone on a vacation. She hadn't talked with her about the reading, but she had gone on some vacation to Germany and she came back from Germany. And so she sends me this photograph. She bought a onesie for this woman's grandchild. And on the front of the onesie is a rocket landing on the moon. And underneath it, it says 1969. Wow. Yeah. It's almost, it almost sounds like you, you have to play charades. Yes. With these people, it's like they can only so looking at it from the outside again, I don't know about this, but it's almost like they're they're communi communicating to you 
with energies that have played in the past and they almost take a snippet of a, of a magazine cover and say, this is what I'm trying to say. And you've got to kind of interpret what yes. that is and what, the, what they're trying to say, almost like charades. I bet, I bet you are fantastic at charades now. <laughs> right. I'm so much better <laughs> at anticipating what that might mean. <laughs> yeah. And we actually had something weird that happened. Matter of fact, we just talked about it the other night. Uh, our granddaughter was in our closet and she was talking to, talking to somebody and, mm-hmm. and it was, uh, it was my wife's dad. Uh, that's, that's what they, awesome. that's what they think. It was, uh, the way she was talking and, and now the granddaughter doesn't remember it. You know, she doesn't, we were talking about the other night. She doesn't remember doing it, but, uh, yeah. And I think, I think we lose once we get to a certain age of, I don't know, maybe six and we start developing our conscious mind, I think yeah. we lose, most people lose the capacity to connect at that, at that level. Well, And you did, you and your wife did something so important, which is you now know better. And so you didn't squelch her, you know, like you don't say that didn't happen or you're right. just making it up. Right. Right. You leave it. You don't have to even enhance it if you don't want, but don't squelch it because the truth of the matter is our filters, all of these filters in front of our eyes happen as we age. Right. So our disbelief, we're taught our disbelief. We're not taught. We're yep. not, we come in with belief. Yeah. So it's important to, and the thing, I think the value that I bring, because there's plenty of evidential mediums out there. The other thing I would like to say, so let's say, you know, there's some significant thing about, you know, you and your grandmother and chocolate chip cookies. I don't know why that keeps coming up, but let's say there is, and you know what it is. Then what I would call that is low hanging fruit. You already know what it is. So you don't look any further. But what I can tell you is spirit never wastes a thought. So if you write down all, we have a reading and you write down all these thoughts, I mean, all this evidence, and you know what they are, you go, great, that was grandma and that was that. But what you could do is you could go to Google and you could type in the spiritual meaning of chocolate chip cookies and say, and what I do anytime I do that is like, okay, guide me to the message you want me to find. And invariably, you find something further. And I want to give you one example. It's the, probably the best story that I have. And I know we're coming up on time. Oh, we've got plenty. Is when Scott was here, he lived in Aspen. And he Aspen's a small mountain town. You didn't need a car. It's sort of a pain in the butt to have a car. He rode his bike, walked, or took the bus everywhere. And uh, so when we would go visit his dad which is five hours away, four or five hours away, we would take my old blue Toyota. We'd go on a road trip and we'd go visit his dad in my old blue Toyota. So Scott passes and then that was July, 2017. And then November of 2018. So I've been meditating for a year at this point and listening. So I'm better at that. So I'm driving on Thanksgiving day through a Canyon to go spend Thanksgiving with his dad. And I try to get a radio signal. It's not working. So I turn off the radio and I'm driving, thinking my thoughts, whatever. And I get to a point, I come out the other side of the Canyon and all of a sudden, I don't know how to explain that I knew, but I knew he was in the seat beside me. I could feel it. Yeah. And so I said, Oh, you're here. So I put my hand into my right hand into the passenger seat 
space of the car. And I just started talking to him and thanking him for helping me figure this out and for broadening my horizons. And all of a sudden, the palm of my hand, not my thumb or my fingers or my wrist, the palm of my hand is like someone is turning up the, the stove. It's like hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter, almost to ouch. Like, holy smokes. And I just like, oh my God, you're totally here and you're totally holding my hand. This is so freaking cool. And I hear, turn on the radio. So I poke the radio. I don't even think about it. I just poke the radio, put my hand back, like, okay, keep holding my hand. And the lyrics coming out of the some random country station, wherever it ended in my search, don't know the song, don't know anything, but the lyrics coming out of the radio at that exact moment were something to the effect of, if heaven is anywhere, it's right here, always having your hand to hold. And some people would say, oh, that's just coincidence. But it gets better. So I'm laughing and I'm crying and I can't believe it. So I'm trying to, I always have a pen and paper. So I'm writing down enough of the lyrics so I could Google it later. So I go to his dad's, I come back a couple days later, I'm home and I Google the lyrics and I'm looking at the video and I'm looking and I'm looking. And all of a sudden I realize this isn't just a song about holding the hand of someone you love. It's a song about holding the hand of someone you love while you're on a road trip in an old blue Toyota. <laughs> That's just a coincidence. Exactly right. <laughs> oh, man. I think the biggest thing that people, even me, is I think that there's a fear of what what's over there, what's on the other side, what's, you know, it's like, do I want to talk to someone because I'm afraid of what <laughs> what they might say back. <laughs> and that's Hollywood. I think Hollywood has done so much damage to make it scary. And religion has also turned it into, you're not supposed to talk with people who passed away. But I mean, my personal belief about that is, you know, that the, the, the people of the church in 300 AD, when the Council of Nicaea, and we're going to decide what, what books of the Bible we're going to include and what books we aren't. And there was, there were men in charge of, there were people in charge of that. And so it's a construct, are the Bibles, you know, those are spiritual documents, but they're compiled by humans right? who are fallible. Yep. And the good news is we have free will to choose to do that or not do that. And I don't exactly know how to, I don't know the exact terminology, but so for the sake of the conversation, it takes an invitation. The reason, you know how people always say prayer works. Prayer works because it's an invitation for help. You're asking. There is some rule because of our free will, I think is a universal, it's not just humans and a religious construct. We have the free will to live our lives the way that we choose. Right. And so if you want to have contact with your grandmother or I want to have contact with Scott, then we have that choice or we have a choice not to. And yet, so that's why they have to, they can, you know, sort of give us signs that we may or may not notice, but there's some rule about they can only cross so far before without an invitation. Otherwise they're impeding our free will. Right. And so there is a line passed. So people say, well, I don't get signs. It's like, well, do you ask? 
No. So if you don't ask, it's probably not going to happen or not very happen very often because they need an invitation. It's kind of like, right. you don't want me to just show up in your house and serve you, you and your wife breakfast in bed. Like me to be invited <laughs> and give me the run of the house before, you know, it's like, there's that, what's that funny joke about if I show up in your house with me, if I show up with breakfast in bed, I don't need all this. How did you get in my house business? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, they need an invitation. So that's important for people to understand be open and be a scientist of your own journey. And the, here's the thing. If, if you, how you ask for a sign, well, how do you know it's a sign? That's the first thing. So you know it's a sign. If you all of a sudden, something happens, the hawk flies over the car, the book falls off the table, you're thinking of artichokes, whatever it is. If something happens and the first thing you think about is your grandmother, it's your grandmother, so the first thing that you, the person you think of when something happens, it's them. So then the second piece of it is you could say, okay, Scott, in the next 24 hours, give me a sign and be specific, hold their feet to the fire. Say, give me a sign of a pink alligator. I don't know. I might think like you said a little while ago, you think it's your own thought, but they have the ability to push from our subconscious into our conscious mind, a thought, right. because they already can see around the corner that you're going to be in the grocery line, six feet apart from the last person behind you. And you're going to open up a magazine and there's going to be a picture of a pink alligator. And if you get a sign, there's three possible responses. The best one is thank you. That was awesome. Gratitude is the best. The second best is Scott. Is that you? Because you acknowledge the possibility. It's the what if. Right. The worst possible thing, the spiritual equivalent of slamming the door in their faces, isn't that a coincidence? Because you're not even acknowledging that it's possible. Yeah. Now, have you ever had the feeling of someone that was just evil? Like nope. that, that's that's what I'd be afraid of. Is like I don't want to be. I don't want someone to come talk to me. That's some pure evil. Yeah, that, but let me ask you this, Sean, to, to be devil's advocate here. Are you evil? No. Of course not. And I'm not. You know, you're a heart-centered person. So the, the energy that you're coming from, like, you know, scary people, the Hitlers and Charles Mansons of the world, they could probably connect with somebody who's evil. But uh -huh. I have three different friends between them. They've been mediums for somewhere upwards of 75, 80 years. And from these three evidential mediums, in all of that time, one has been a medium for 50 years, one for about 11, one for 25. So that's probably not the right math, but you get my point. And never in all that time have they encountered, and excuse me, anything scary or anything evil, what we would call evil. And that's because our intention is to connect with the light and to connect with the good and to connect with right. people we love. And so we're thinking of people we love. So the, this is not the access. The heart is the access. It's the portal. And so if you're in that place now doesn't mean we couldn't be scared, but that doesn't mean it's scary. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. If you jump out from behind the door and say, boo, it scares me, but it doesn't mean you're scary. Right. Right. Well, that's, that's actually very reassuring to 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 know it, it, it truly is for someone who doesn't doesn't have that capability i i yeah. believe in it i i think it can truly happen and 
I've just never figured out the way to tune into that channel to, yeah. to hear and, or again, I think we all have signs. I've never paid attention to the signs that I've been given throughout, uh, throughout my life. So, but that's, that's actually great news. And the thing, Sean, that I really, my, if I have a mission more than anything else, it is what I have done for myself as a scientist is I've given my I, compliments of Scott and a whole bunch of other people I love in spirit. I've been given evidence that this is real. And it is also, I, the, the challenge is we want absolute answers and our need for absolute there is no other version than this, it limits you. Yeah. You know, you said something important earlier about, you know, you couldn't, like if they couldn't see the ships, it's like you don't have a neural pathway right. developed, but meditation changes the structure of the brain so that you have the neural pathways to see, hear, sense, taste, smell things that you can't write in this moment. So I'm not extraordinary. I am an example of what's possible from the antithesis of a medium to being able to right. connect with people who we don't die. That's the biggest lie we've ever been told is that yeah. we die. We don't die. Our body dies. Right. But I'm no more my Toyota than I am this body. And so to understand that we all have this capacity and it's not as inaccessible as at least as I was led to believe, I was always led to believe you have to go somebody to, you know, it's like, I, if I did, if I need a brain surgeon, I need a brain surgeon, but you don't need, you don't need to be a brain surgeon right. to do this. You just need to be able to get quiet and follow some simple instructions and yeah. they're right here. Yeah. Again, man, this stuff is just, it is absolutely fascinating. I, that's, this is something that's intrigued me for a long, long time on, on how to, you know, again, I'm, I'm of the belief that every, sound every sight every feel every vibration we've ever had stays in the universe in in a way it's always well, it's recorded and always there yes but that's there's a law in physics that speaks to the fact that you cannot destroy energy right it transmutes to something else yes. but you can't destroy it so you what you say is absolutely accurate that it all still exists and so what if heaven is a frequency rather than a place? Right. And what if they're in the kitchen and you're in the living room? And this will sound like a funny thing to say, perhaps, Sean, but, you know, our cultural Christian belief is that we die and if we're good, we've gone to heaven, let's right. say. And that heaven is a faraway place where we know we don't have access. And yet what if... Again, it's always been partial information. So what if we don't have enough information or we've believed the old information and there's more information that we don't die, that our consciousness survives the death of the body. Because like you said, it's the radio. It was being uh, that we are the transducer. It comes through us, but it doesn't reside here. Right. So we are completely safe. We're always safe. We're in eternal beings and we continue to exist. And we, they have those memories and their love for you. And that is the integrity of that is un, is unchangeable. And all that passes is this Toyota. Now, let me ask you this. So before we moved into the house that we're in now, we lived in an older house that 
people would say it was either haunted or, or whatever, but we would have, I would be in my office. We had a long hall. All the bedrooms were down one, one hallway. And I would always see a lady in a blue dress or like a blue nightgown, just yeah. walk by, just yeah. walk by. And to me, it was always, okay, that's just the, uh, an energy, like a, a, a tape recorder. She walked yeah. down that hallway many times and that energy is just still there just doing that. Or do you think that's something that was being broadcast, like sent there, or is it just a replay of that energy? That's such a great question. Holy smokes. That is a really, really great question because I don't subscribe to people get stuck. Right. I don't think that that happens, not in, not in the simplistic way that we make it. Right. So is it an imprint on the energy of the space? Right. Just like if I hold your, you know, the sweater of someone who passed, I can tell things about that person through psychometry about that person through holding the object. Is that energy an imprint on the space? That's a really good question. Um, but if we also, and I don't know the answer, but if, if I could extrapolate, is it an imprint on the energy, which I hadn't thought of, which is a great point, or is it that, if you think about it this way, Sean, if we relegate, you know, we being collectively a Christian society, if we relegate them to someplace far away, we stop thinking about them for all intents. And we know you think about them once in a while right. on their birthday, on Christmas, whatever. Right. But they basically continue to exist the way it's been described to me. They have a life and they continue to exist. And so maybe they would like to be in the places if they're not far away somewhere, but they exist still here. Right. And they are energy. Maybe they would be in a place that they liked to be. Right. And it's not so much, I mean, Hollywood makes it scary and Ghostbusters and haunting and things like that, <laughs> as opposed to she liked that place and that was her place. And right. so she's in that place. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be evil. But I love what you posit in that, is it just an imprint or a memory, as it were, within the energy field right. of that place? Right. Just like a sweater can hold a memory, right. a house could hold a memory. Right. And that's what I was, so I, you know, I never understood. And I, I probably saw her, oh, I'd say at least a dozen times, minimum of a dozen times. And, and other people in the family saw, saw yeah. her, but you never saw her directly, but you would, you would see her out the, out of the corner of your eye walking down the hall. But yeah, yeah. I, I always wondered to myself, is someone trying to tell me something yeah. or is it just her energy that's still there? That's being replayed she went down the hall so many times and that it's like a tape just is you know so i never never yeah. could really figure out yet, what that you know, was if, if energy doesn't go away you know the thing the other thing i'll propose to you just as a tickler is if you have the people that you love who have transitioned you have access to them because from a quantum physics standpoint you're entangled with them right and everything that's entangled stays entangled but we also, if on a, in a larger sense, I have this quote here from the Dalai Lama, it says, our atoms are a map of the universe. You are stardust, stardust connected biologically to all living creatures. You're made of invisible humming energy connected all at once to everything that exists. We came from the same stuff, yep. from the same place, from that quantum field, from God, from the universe. We came from the same place. Right. So even though I don't know you, 
we're entangled too. I'm entangled with Albert Einstein or Nikola Tesla or Mary Queen of Scots. Yeah. And we have access. Now, there are people that will argue that we don't have access, but we are all connected. So we do have access. And I think, you know, going on that point, I think going and reading people's stuff, like if you go and you read, you know, about Tesla and you read their books and their thoughts, that puts you, to me, that puts you in their frequency of thought. When you go and you read their stuff, you are now connected to them and you're now at that frequency level that they were at. Yeah. And so then if you have someone who's your hero, someone in life that you didn't know that has passed away, and if you could be in the what if place, why not? You know, so experiment with, okay, Nelson Mandela, I'm just making it up. But if you have someone who's your hero and they have transitioned, if you think about it, everybody in the universe is basically ignoring them because they're relegated to heaven, some faraway place. Then don't you think if the person who reaches out to them in a loving way, love being the operative piece, it's love is an energy, energetic frequency. If you think of that person in a loving way, whether it's your grandmother or Nelson Mandela, of course they're gonna, they, they, they reside in a place that has no time. Right. So of course they're going to drop in on you. And I've had it proven to me with evidence that that is in fact possible. Did you ever read, uh, have you ever read the book Think and Grow Rich? Yes. Okay. When he, you know, he talks about masterminds and stuff, but his, what, what intrigued me about his was his was a virtual mastermind. He was getting into the, what would people that have passed think? And, you know, his wasn't a real like in-person mastermind of of people that he knows of like-minded people. His was a mastermind of people he, (laughs) of people he, you know, thought great of at, at certain points, you know, he wanted, he wanted to have, you know, the attitude of Abraham Lincoln, or he wanted to have yeah. the, you know, uh, uh, Churchill, whatever. And he brought yeah, them yeah. into the mastermind and, and got into their, uh, their thought frequencies, their thought yeah, energy. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. That is so awesome. And that's really, that is a superpower that people don't know that they have access to. If yeah. you want information and you early on made the comment about your your own intuition if you could listen if you could say okay mr lincoln give me a message today and prove to me that it's from you experiment with me that's the part that's fun it's like okay then prove it to me that it's you. So but, I'm going to tell you a story. But if see you the, have time. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. have time. But the thing is when I get that message, I think, Oh, that's stupid. I'm not doing that. Right? Exactly. <laughs> and that's where people cut off their access. Yeah. So I was meditating. It was a year after Scott passed and I didn't really know a lot about Nikola Tesla. I knew sort of energy frequency vibration, whatever, but I didn't really know a lot about him. I remember he was like Syrian American or something and lived in New York. And the thing about the radio and whatever, but bits and pieces. So I'm meditating and all of a sudden he's there. But again, I'm, you know, there's a part of me is like, okay, why am I making it up in my head? So like, okay, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about Nikola Tesla, but all of a sudden he's there. And so I say, okay, if it's you, since it's just the two of us, but if it's you, if you could give me some evidence that it's you, that would be great. So he says, I used to live in Colorado Springs. Now I'm thinking, I knew about New York, but that's all I knew. So 
like, really? That doesn't seem likely. So I open up my laptop and I, and it's, I don't have to be in meditation. It's not like I'm in a trance. I can right. stop what I'm doing. So I open up the laptop and I type in Nikola Tesla, Colorado Springs. And sure enough, he used to live in Colorado Springs. It's like, okay. So that was enough proof for me. Right. So at the time, the book I'm working on had the word infinity in the title. And he says to me, if you're going to use the word infinity in your title, you need to understand what infinity is. And so he gives me the name of a book. And again, the, the, the part in me that thinks I'm making it all up, think, I'm thinking, that's not really going to be a book. But so I go to Google and I type in the name and sure enough, it's a book. It's like, okay, cool. Mr. Tesla, Mr. Tesla's giving me a book recommendation. So I order the book, the book comes and nobody's ever heard of this book. And it just blows the hinges off my doors. Like, I can't believe, like, I totally get the sense of what infinity is after reading this book. Right. So I'm thinking, wow, this is amazing. I need to talk to the author. I have so much questions. So there's an address in the back of the book. So I write the author a letter and send it off. And it comes back returned to sender. So there's only one other name in the whole book of another human. So I Google this other human. I find him online. And, oh, my gosh, John, this is so amazing. So I emailed this guy. And do you know where I can find this other guy? Or do you know anything about the book? I have questions. And so he replies. And he says, I don't know. I haven't talked with this other guy in six years. But I'm a co-author on that book. And I would be happy to answer your questions. So we make a date to talk on the phone and I just want to ask my questions. Like I'm so excited and I just want to ask the questions, but he's not having any of it. He wants to hear my story. Like, who are you? Nobody's ever heard of this book. How'd you find this book? What's your deal? So I go through the whole thing and scout in the medium and meditating, whatever. And I have in front of me a list that's typed up of my questions. I just want to ask my questions. And we're on the phone. We're not on Zoom. And it turns out this guy is an Algonquin Indian from upstate New York, apparently a mystic, but I didn't know that. So before I can start asking my questions, he starts answering them, going down the list. <laughs> like, holy crap. And one of the questions I had was, and I told him, I told, I thought, screw it. It doesn't matter if he doesn't believe me. I told him how I got the whole thing was, was because of Nikola Tesla. And one of the questions I had was, is there any connection between the other guy or him and Nikola Tesla? And the answer was, yes, there is. This guy who I'm talking to, his father worked on the Philadelphia project with Nikola Tesla back in the day. So he's going down the list answering my questions and I'm not asking them, but it's as though I'm asking them. Right. And it, it like, wow, it just changed my paradigm. So many mystical things have yeah. happened. That's just coincidence. <laughs> no wonder your wife gets mad at you because you're just <laughs> such a, you're such a jokester. Yeah. So it's just magical. If, yeah. if we can open up our field of awareness and go from either end to the midpoint on the scale, which is what if. Yeah. It doesn't have to be sitting in a lotus position for 40 years in order to find that we have the option for that connectivity. Right. Yeah. So, and if I could make a book recommendation to you, best, if you only read one book on quantum physics, 
That's the book. The Quantum Revelation. Yep, by Paul Levy. That is that. That's everything you ever needed to know about quantum physics. I'll have to pick that uh, pick that book up. That's yeah. I'm telling you, this stuff just I, I could talk all day with this. Uh, this stuff is fascinating. But uh, yeah, well, I appreciate the connection. I appreciate the opportunity, and we need to communicate. You know, you think about what time we're living in right this minute. There are people that are going to need to understand that their loved ones are not gone physically they're gone but they're not gone and that we do have access and i want to teach people how to have access in easier ways than contortioning you know yeah you have a grandmother in spirit i yeah i do i i I, I, I I don't know there's like this grandmother is like she feels kind of bossy and she was like gonna make her presence known so oh shit yeah that's oh that's she's probably saying sean don't touch yourself see that's what i'm afraid of (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's exactly. right. yes. yeah you know, I, so I had... she's right here letting you know that she's around because it was oh she was no bossy down, you got a grandma who's saying hello oh yeah she she yeah grandma she was uh she was bossy she and and i would know that she would be the one that would come Show forward up. first yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> without a doubt yeah so, <laughs> yeah and i and as i said that you know, really the end of, of talking with people The the best thing I get from, from doing these podcasts is being able to connect and talk with so many amazing people. And it's on, on stuff, whether I believe in it, whether I don't believe on it, but it's just getting those nuggets of, you know, knowledge, the nuggets of, of things that people know that it, it's, it's absolutely amazing to, to talk to people like this. So. It's, uh, yeah. it's great. And it's important. What you're doing is important, Sean, because we, it's too easy to put ourselves into this tiny little box and not look past right. the edges of it. And we live in a time where it's like Dr. Joe Dispenza always says, you know, we live in a time where it's not enough to know. We want to know how. Right. And I can teach people to know how to do this themselves. It shouldn't be that it's always that somebody's got something for sale. Right. We need to teach people how to do it themselves. Yeah. And that's important when it comes to inco- incomprehensible grief. So how do people get get in touch with you? My website is all one word, quantum mediumship, but there's only one M in the middle. So Q-U-A-N-T-U-M-E-D-I-U-M-S-H-I-P, quantummediumship.com. Um, so there's some information there. There's some testimonials there. I have a blog. Um, they can certainly reach out to me if they want a reading. And I also, um, I'm happy to just have a conversation with people. Sometimes people aren't ready to dive into the pool. They want to stick their toe in the water. Right. Just to have a conversation about how does this work? And also to give them a little bit of coaching about how do you in your own life sort of dabble with what this is. How do I open the door so that my husband, my mother, my daughter, you know, just so that, because people are, a lot of times people are hurting and yet they're a little bit scared, like you said. Yeah. And so I'm happy to have a demystifying conversation to help people. And I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories of the ways that Scott has shown me. I really do believe that he has given me so many, you can't make this stuff up kind of examples because he knows that I'll share the stories. And I want to teach people that the truth of the matter is you don't need a medium. 
we all have this capacity and I would rather teach, you know, it's like, what is that old saying about give a man, a man to fit, give a man a fish versus teach a man to fish. Right. Yeah. I would rather teach a man to fish because then in the privacy of your own home, you can conduct your own experiment of, okay, if you're really here, help me to understand the signs you're sending me. Well, thank you so much, Cheryl, for all of your time. You have given the listeners so much value uh, to the entire Thinking Big community. And I know you have expanded my mindset. Uh, so thank you very much. And everyone, remember to check out the show notes for all the links we've mentioned in this episode. And check out Cheryl at quantummediumship.com. And make sure you go snag your free book with Audibles. Until next week, remember to always think big.